Good evening, everyone. Broadcasting live from Stony Creek, Ontario, August 7th, 2015. Today we have another verse on Metta, or not verse, uh, passage. This one is actually one of the more popular passages. It may not be very well known in the West, but in Thailand and in Asia, we actually, some places they'll chant it. When I stayed at the uh, Thai monastery in Los Angeles, they would chant this every day. Metaya bhikkave teto vimuttiya asevitaya bhavitaya bahudikataya Yanikataya, Watukataya, Anuktitaya, Parichitaya, Susamaradaya. Sounds nice in the Pali. So here we have 11 ekadasa nisangsa, without doubt, to 11, 11 benefits, anisangsa. So I saw people were asking, what are the 11? Because in the English it's not clear, but if you click on the link to the Pali, if you're using Firefox, and you have the digital Pali reader installed. And on top of that, you click on the link. It will take you to the Pali. And if you read that, you can see in the second paragraph, it's clear. Of course, you have to also know Pali. A lot of ifs. Sukang supati, one dreams or sleeps in happiness because not, one is not bothered by guilt or remorse hatred or fear sukang pati bujhati one wakes up with happily so doesn't wake up feeling guilty or bad about the things that they've done either Napapakang supinang pasati. One doesn't see any evil dreams because one's mind is clear. Love is like this pure vibe uh, that keeps your mind on a on a wavelength, on a positive wavelength. So the, the bad brain waves can't arise. The bad mental activity is quite is quenched because the mental activity is on a positive level. I mean, there's probably a more organic way to explain it, but basically, it's it's like that. It's like a good vibes and good vibrations. Um, have the effect of 
focusing one's one state of mind so one doesn't see bad dreams either manusanang piyohoti one is dear to humans atmanusanang piyohoti one is dear to non-humans non-humans is usually in modern times they, they use the word to mean like ghosts or evil spirits but amanusa could mean any non-human could mean animals people who have love are very good with animals people full of metta you can often tell someone the, the someone's love by how good they are with animals how good they are with children how good they are with animals Usually you can't tell how good they are with ghosts or or angels or so on. Not so easy. But Devata Rakhanti, the angels guard the person. They're guarded by angels. Angels see fit to guard because they appreciate the goodness of the person. They try to make sure that no harm comes to this being, apparently. Even though we can't normally see them this apparently happens. Nasa agiwa visangwa satangwa kamati. Fire, poison, and swords do not affect one. Do not. Do not affect one. Right, they're not to enter. Right, they can't. They can't penetrate. That's the meaning. Not for that person do agi, and not into that person do fire and poison and weapons enter. So a person with love, if they have this, remember we're talking here about jetovimuti, which means a state of jhana of intense, super kind of super mundane concentration it's still mundane but it's beyond the sensual realm so there's a, a state of, of vibration that is so intense that it actually takes one out of this sphere and so the idea is that weapons don't even penetrate you can get hit with a sword or shot with a gun they talk about this in thailand um it's possible for there's been cases where people were monks or meditators were shot with guns and, and it didn't it didn't hit them somehow. I mean the the truth of it is something else. But this is the idea. This is something apparently the Buddha said. Poison. If you're full of love, there's a strength of mind to it. So how many do we have? One Sukang Supati dreams, sleeps in happiness. Two wakes in happiness. Three no evil dreams. Four dear to humans. Five dear to non-humans. Six angels guard the person. Seven these things don't hurt the person. Tubatang chitang samadhyanti. Number eight, one gets a well-established concentration. Right? Mind concentrates it's quickly. The mind becomes concentrated quickly because one doesn't have to deal with negativity. 
the mind is full of positivity, wishing only good things. Positivity uh, supports the mind. Eight, right? Nine, one has a radiant complexion. Number ten, one dies. Is it? Asamulho uh, kalankaroti. One makes one's time means dies. Makes an end to one's time. Asamulho without confusion. Unconfused because the mind is so sharp and strong and focused, clearly aware of what is good. And if one doesn't further develop insight meditation uttari apati vijanto if one doesn't develop further brahma pagohoti one is set to be to arise in the brahma loka so yeah love is a great thing love is awesome it has these benefits but there's clearly a limit to those benefits. Doesn't know how how great they are. Finally, there's a uh, provision that it can only lead so far. It leads to be born as a god or to arise in, in the Brahma Loka, which is still finite and still a part of samsara. Nonetheless, um, it's great and it's quite helpful in the practice of insight meditation. Today it's it's fortuitous or serendipitous. Fortuitous, serendipitous that this verse comes. Today we today we were invited to um, for lunch at a restaurant in Aaron Mills, I think, or somewhere near somewhere in Mississauga, Toronto area. And uh, I wasn't really keen to go. I said, I got a call and said, hey, you want to go? I said, no, not really. But then I thought, oh, I think I know what it was. I knew it was, there was a monk who'd visited here and he's such a kind monk, someone who's so full of love. You could just get a feeling for how kind he is. So I thought, well, if I don't go, it's going to be disappointing to him. And you see how, 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 <laughs> how great his love is able to manipulate people. Even without trying, he manipulates me into wanting to go because I wouldn't want to disappoint someone so full of love. So I went, and it turned out it was a meeting of all the, many of the monks who had uh, helped organize or been involved in the celebration of Waisak in, in, in Celebration Square in Mississauga in, in May. So I don't have any pic pictures, I don't think. Um, but there's lots of pictures I'm sure up on Facebook by now If you check out Bhante Sarnapala's page I bet he's got some up um, But it was awesome It was There was so much uh, Just in the short time that we were together for lunch Maybe two hours There was such love And, and just kindness And you get a sense of How great it is to be in good company How great it is to be with people who have this love and this caring and then you can also feel where there's not so much love like there are times where defilements arise and so you get a sense oh well that person hmm, not really in the spirit you know, that kind of thing 
and you can taste you can tell the you can taste the difference got a different flavor to it so there's no no never underestimate the power or the greatness of love it's a wonderful thing and brings lots of benefits so that's the dhamma for today now we can get into some questions does anybody have any questions I'm going to stipulate that they should probably be about meditation because I don't want to get overwhelmed here. So let's try to keep them to meditation questions. What do you do if you have a bad dream but cannot wake up? Mm -hmm. well, the problem with dreaming is there's no mindfulness. The very ability that's required to grasp, to, to, to grasp what's happening and to, to, to experience it clearly and to realize this is a dream is generally lacking. You notice how as soon as you realize it's a dream you wake up i think no there are people i guess who have lucid dreams but in that case it's much less a dream I don't know so much about lucid dreaming anyway i don't know i'd probably wake up it's not that big of a deal it happens. There's not much you can do about it. The more you meditate, the less you dream. Certainly the less bad dreams you have. Prevention. Prevent yourself from having the bad dreams in the first place. They're generally a sign of guilt or um, other negative mind states. So if you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube and you you want to know what's going on here, we're actually asking, and we're doing the question thing in another place. We're doing questions um, at meditation.sirimangalo.org. And so I'm not answering questions on YouTube right now. I'm reading questions people are posting in our chat, chat box, our shout box over at meditation.sirimangalo.org. But I'm also broadcasting simultaneously on YouTube, just because there's lots of people on YouTube. Do you recommend practice of the ability to lucid dream at will? No. No, I teach based on a specific meditation practice. I think there's a link. Yes, there's a link to the booklet up near the top of the page. So if you click on that link, you'll see what I recommend. Any advice for countering the attachment to the idea of progress in the meditation practice, or is such desire acceptable? 
it's acceptable, I'd say, in the beginning. It's in the end you do away with it. In the beginning you're doing everything wrong. In the end you're just mindful. There's no countering. We're not in charge here that we can counter. We're just trying to dodge the bullets. Duck and weave, duck and weave. Not exactly duck and weave, like avoid, but be in the right place, in the right situation. Experience every experience with the right frame of mind, with a clear frame of mind. It's like dodging bullets in a sense. You dodge all the all the problems. It takes a lot of maneuvering, flexibility. Are there any landmarks besides Nibbana that one will continue on the right path in the next life? No. Uh, the, well, no. Yeah, there's one, and it's called Chula Sotapanna. If one attains at least the second stage of knowledge, the tradition goes that such a person will not be born in a, in a bad state in their next life. Just to reaching the second, so understanding about, seeing cause and effect, practicing meditation to the point where you experience cause and effect and you're able to see how the body and the mind work together and how good deeds lead to uh, good results, bad deeds or bad mind states lead to bad results. How much control does a novice have over how much formal practice they can do? Or how much can a novice expect to be able to formally practice? I guess it sounds like you have the idea that Buddhism is somehow um, monolithic, uh, hetero, uh, homogenous. Every monastery you go to is different. You can't ask me that unless you're talking about coming here to ordain. So ordination is a vehicle. It depends very much what you do with it and where you go with it. And so, yeah, it depends also on your teachers. Maybe they make you sweep out the latrines every day. Or do sweep, sweep the forest. In Thailand, they like to sweep the forest. It's just one of the most absurd things to... Uh, <laughs> we have a very different view from over here. Um, they'll sweep out the entire forest so there's there's no more leaves on the ground and then they'll burn all the leaves keeps the snakes away and the scorpions I guess well if you came to ordain here you would have lots and lots of time to meditate conceivably Because there's not much else to do. I mean, you could learn Pali. We could, you could help do Pali courses and study. You can do, but you certainly would have time to do courses. You'd be expected to do meditation courses regularly. Would you recommend to meditate right before going to bed for preventing bad dreams? Yeah. It's a good recommendation, I think. 
Can you talk about tensions in the body, especially in the jaw? Is it okay to let the jaw relax and have the mouth hang open when meditating? Yeah, sure. Your mouth dries, it tends to dry out if you do that, but uh, you can let it relax, but maybe relaxed and closed is better. There's nothing wrong with tension as long as you're able to maintain it. Mm. Yeah, insects are a tough one. When I was in Sri Lanka, uh, I had termites in my cave, and uh, they got into the my books and and all the my tent. They actually ate a hole through the bottom of my the tent. There's a mosquito tent that I was sleeping in. Uh, to get at the books that were inside the tent. They weren't interested in the plastic, but it got in their way, so they just ate, through, ate a hole through the bottom of the, the tent. And... and so I had to find a way to get them out of the cave. So what I did is I funneled them all into a jar, and then I, I took a funnel, another funnel, I went outside and found a place where the termites were, and I opened a little, opened a little hole in it, and I funneled them all into the ter termite mound. Sorry, what's the question about the vipassana retreat? I don't see the question exactly. Hoping I'd have a pro tip. I don't really know what a pro tip is. I mean, I don't recommend, I can't recommend meditation courses in other traditions, so unless it's in our tradition, it's not really much I can say. You have to talk to people in that tradition. Except to say that, you know, it's probably a good thing. And I can't say too much about other traditions. Okay, well, that's it. Thank you all for tuning in then. And uh, keep up the practice. We'll see you again tomorrow. Right. Good night. <laughs>